The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Citizen, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, March 11, 2020, and I am your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, Central City. Dimitri Wijasinger. What's good, Central City? And Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, Central City. It's time to get our zen on. Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 14, which was titled The Death of the Speed Force, and aired March 10th, 2020. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Kid Flash returns to Central City with a zen attitude and new tricks up his sleeve. While thrilled to see his family again, Wally confides to Barry that he returned because he thinks there's something wrong with the Speed Force. Meanwhile, Cisco returns from his fact-finding mission across Earth Prime. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 6, Episode 14. The episode was viewed by 1.07 million total viewers, had a 0.3 in the demo. Both are, unfortunately, series lows. So what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. Wally West! Exclamation point. So happy to see Wally again. Uh, Turtle 2? Meh. Spasiba. Das Vidanya. Ugh. And, uh, and uh, the well stuff, really interesting. Um, so yeah, so it, there was a little bit of a mixed bag this episode. But I was right. I was right. I was right, and I'm going to rub it in all y'all's face when we get to it. Well, something to look forward to. Dimitri, <laughs> what was your initial reaction? Um, I'm not, I'm not huge into Yoda Wally, uh, but it was nice to see Wally. Um, I thought, uh, some, some interesting setup. I'm so glad uh, it looks like Nash has been swapped out for an actually interesting well. So, um, so interesting to see. Also, also noted that we don't see Chester and Cisco at the same time. Curious. I'll, I'll mention my speculations later. Apparently they uh, can't have more than one POC on the show at the same time. Yeah, uh, uh, well, I, I don't know if I don't know if that tracks. Well, no, on the that's show teasing. With, uh, with Jesse Martin and Candice. <laughs> yes, no, I'm teasing. Yeah. You're supposed to go with it. I, I mean, if it was if it was Arrow, I'd be like, yeah, no, that checks out. And Millie, what's your initial reaction? I'm a little all over the place on it. I think that there's some good things that happened. I love that Wally's back. Uh, gave a good talking to some people. Um, and then the whole time, I was like, Jeff was right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he so called it. And um, I think because of that, because I, I had that nugget in my mind, I was a little less like, whoa, more just like, oh, Jeff's going to definitely get the gold star for that guess. So once again, Jeff's spoiling it for everyone. Well, that's good to know. 
Um, I like the episode. I thought it was uh, it was pretty good. There were you know a few uneven moments, uh, but I really did like the reintroduction of Wally. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was well handled. Uh, it was interesting, and I liked the twist uh, about uh, why the Speed Force was dying. I thought they did a nice job of. Uh, of sort of misleading us, and as Jeff said, you know the uh, you know the 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 return of Thawne. Uh, I thought that was a, a very strong scene, and uh, will be uh, interesting to uh, 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 see where that goes going forward. But before we get into our thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppychularadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash Radio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. Okay, so let's talk about the reintroduction of Wally West. Um, I thought it was very clever, you know, because we had that standard, you know, view of the the lightning streaking along, and we cut back to, uh, uh, you know, uh, Camilla and uh, uh, was it Camilla and uh, uh, a very pregnant, yes, Danielle Panabaker is definitely showing. Um, But uh, yeah, it is no longer, you know, they're they're like monitors and stuff up to neck level yes they're Um, just showing her face i was like what okay but at this rate by next week it's just going to be that she'll be shouting her lines in from another room um but anyway so camilla is there with frost and they think because they see a speedster streaming towards this and uh you know uh caitlin says you know don't worry he's got this barry walks in you know making his tea uh, what have i got uh and then of course we see that oh it's a different speedster it's wally west so let's talk about the reintroduction of wally west how he dealt with the copper copter crash uh and uh, how do you like uh, how he dealt with that out of control helicopter what do you think about this as a way to reintroduce wally uh and that sort of action scene of him uh because when you think about it if 
just because you can run really fast doesn't mean you can stop a helicopter from smashing into a building, but Wally found a way. So, Millie, what did you think about the reintroduction of uh, everyone's favorite or second favorite speedster? It was a great introduction. Um, I thought, you know, we have been a little light on the cool uh, flash speedster effect, so it was really cool to have Wally come in, the way he dismantled it, dismant- took out the people and then dismantled it. I thought it was really fun um, in a different way. We haven't really seen a helicopter dismantle, so I thought it was um, – I enjoyed it. It was it was a nice like opening to the show because I had, I was very confused with all the um, Russian speakers. I was thought I was on the wrong show for a second, but then Wally came and everything was good. Uh, Dimitri, you are a notoriously calm, zen, relaxed person. What do you think about the new Zen version of Wally West? He is. I calmly unsubscribe. I do not like this Wally West. I think Wally is at his peak. Um sort of presence in the show is when he's a very uh, strong but distinct personality from Barry. They have, like, the same powers, but they're, they're very different people. And, you know, he's this... He, he sort of, like, looks to Barry sort of as a mentor, but also, like, Destin, he's young, he's headstrong. I don't really need Yoda Wally. Like, we already have Joe West. Like... Even Joe, like, sort of pokes fun at it at the end of the episode. He's like, you sounded more like the parent than me. It's like, bruh, like, I don't need, like, Walmart Buddhism from The Flash. Like, it it did not track with me. Sorry. It was great to see him. Keenan's looking well. Uh, I would love to see Wally back on the show, but but not, not, not yoga instructor Wally, please. In defense of Walmart Buddhism, most of their stuff does come from China. Oh. Wow. Anyone else have a thought on uh, this uh, new version of Wally West? Yes. I loved it, uh, as opposed to the hater on the podcast. We he, Wally was already like this when he left. Uh, I guess, uh, well, if you, if you follow the Wally chronology, uh, let's be real, the Flash never really knew what to do with Wally West, and uh, the Legends writers uh, wrote the character so much better than the Flash writers did when Wally joined the cast of Legends. And he was already kind of like that when he was on Legends. So I didn't really see him as any different. Uh, Like when he guested uh, briefly in the premiere last season, he was already kind of sort of Zen-ish because he had been, he had already spent some time with the monks and, and that sort of thing. So it wasn't that surprising for me. Um, I enjoy the character. It was great to see Keenan back. Um, yeah, the, the opening shot was just beautifully done. I thought the VFX was really, really good. And uh, I, I, I do co-sign with the Russians, uh, you know, um, they sounded very much like they were searching for moose and squirrel. Like, it was just... Uh, I, I was like, what? But uh, Wally was fantastic. Um, so while they're having the uh, welcoming back uh, uh, or welcome home party uh, for Wally, uh, we cut back to the mirror world where Eva and Iris are behind the mirror looking out. Uh, it was kind of interesting. We, we established in the last episode that obviously mirror Iris is an extension of Eva. Uh, you know, the injuries that she sustained, although it's, it seems to have some independent 
you know, uh, existence. It's not, you know, uh, a simple matter of, you know, uh, controlling it like a puppet or anything like that. Uh, but we got a, a, you know, a couple of interesting things here. One was it seemed that in that opening part of the scene where uh, uh, they're using the mirror to uh, look in on the family and uh, Iris is talking about, you know, how much it hurts to see them and not be able to talk to them and everything like that. It really seemed like it was getting through to Eva. It seemed like, you know, it was hurting her and, you know, she uh, she stopped uh, monitoring it um uh as a result uh you know like she didn't want to cause uh and again i may be over uh, uh analyzing this but it seemed like you know she didn't want to keep causing uh iris pain and then we saw the scene where you know she's reflecting on how long it's been since she uh you know uh was with her husband you know as, as she seems to go into almost a mathematical fugue state uh and we see her start to shake and that is reflected in Iris shaking out, or fake Iris shaking out in the real world, establishing again the idea, the the connection, the level of control. Uh, so, Millie, what did you think about uh, uh, Eva and Iris? They didn't have a lot of time. I think that was the only time we actually saw them together, uh, or saw into the mirror world uh, in this episode. Um, I said before, I think that there's more to Eva than just a standard big bad. That she's not, you know, a standard mustache twirling villain. Um, that there's a, a greater depth and, and there's more of a story to be told here. And I, I, I again got that feeling. How are you feeling about Eva? I definitely agree with you on that, um, especially when the whole, I feel like she's very fixated on numbers. And maybe that's because she's been stuck in the mirror forever, so she, that's all she has time to like do is count. But, um, and I wonder if that has something to do with more of her backstory, because it was really interesting, like, she kept, counting like how long has been since she's seen her husband and then causing the mirror iris to also do the same thing i thought was really interesting so I think there's a lot more behind that that we don't understand and i think i don't know how i feel about how slow that's unraveling i feel like we can we should speed it up a little bit um I feel like it's starting to drag a little there's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers um also i hope iris gets out soon because this is getting a little comical um about how long she's been in there no one's questioned it but I, I think it, it will be interesting to see the d- dynamic goes once they're free or if they do get free. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. Hopefully it goes a little faster. Uh, our meta of the week uh, is Turtle 2, uh, because apparently less is more when it comes to naming the baddies in Earth Prime. Uh, she has the you know interesting power of creating pockets of time at different speeds, uh, which explains the initial attack on the helicopter. She'd basically you know cause time to speed up so that the uh, the metal on it was uh, rusting away even as it flew. Um, but we really get to see her in action for the first time, and unfortunately her accent, moose and squirrel. Um, what did you think about the attack at Jitters uh, and uh, just the, the visual representation when she actually does attack the woman uh, and you see her powers uh, being used? Uh, Dimitri? I thought it had great shock value. I thought this episode overall had a really great opening. So we get like Wally, you know, treating the helicopter like a mid-air Lego set. And then we we expect to see some sort of CGI blast and like, she get knocked back to something like the mummification was like strangely ominous. It was like watching bones for a second. Like, and it's not immediately clear what's been done. It's like, did she barbecue her? Like, I don't know what happened. And it, it's almost unusual for the show. I'd say like a lot of the villains are almost kitty in their, in their powers. So, um, I thought it was, I, I, I'm I'm not saying the show has to get you know gruesome or whatever, but it was uh, 
a refreshingly ominous uh, attack from a from a villain, uh, kind of taking us back to like uh, when we see Thawne kill somebody in the first episode in the in the series premiere. Since then, we've had people like Weather Witch or whatever who often don't don't kill anybody. They might just like knock a bunch of people over or rob a bank or something. It's uh, it's interesting to to sort of see at the same time as Thawne comes back, we see sort of a villain with another sort of nastier turn. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting point because traditionally in the Flash comics, uh, you know, certainly the the Silver Age Flash comics, and in that sense, they weren't all that different from you know uh, other Silver Age comics because uh, under the Comic Code Authority, you, you weren't allowed to kill people. Uh, but the idea, you know, the idea behind the Flash's Rogues Gallery is that they didn't kill people. You know, they would steal, uh, but you know, they uh, you know they they had a code. Uh, and it, it is interesting that, you know, this was definitely not a meta of the week who was being played for laughs. Uh, at first, I thought it was going to be tied in with the um, uh, the uh, the black hole uh, storyline. This would have been another one of the uh, the hired metas uh, who was killing for that reason. But it, that turned out not to be the case. So this wasn't advancing that. It was just a meta of the week. But I did think it was, you know, kind of interesting. And, and as you say, it was, you know, a, a pretty horrific uh, turn uh, for that. Uh, although, you know, frankly, I think they, they sort of set it up that she deserved it after being so rude to the barista because if we've learned nothing else in this show, it's that baristas are important people. Mm-hmm. And it's the same yes. barista. We've seen her a couple times. Um, we have a brief scene, which, you know, it, it only became uh, uh, obvious uh, in retrospect that there was more to this scene, but uh, when uh, Cisco is going to work uh, trying to find a way to stop Turtle 2, uh, Nash shows up and asks for his help with something, and, and uh, Cisco basically, you know, blows him off. It, it didn't strike me as significant at the time. Um, uh, later, when Cisco is talking with Caitlin, uh, we realize that, you know, Cisco is a bit off after coming back from his, uh, his vision quest. Um, but just watching the scene initially, I thought, well, it's just Nash being a jerk and, and Cisco not liking him. So I didn't pick up anything more from that scene uh, than, uh, than Nash being a jerk. Did anyone else sort of see that they were planting the seeds for, you know, a, a larger Cisco reveal later? No. Okay, and that's why we don't ask closed-ended questions on a podcast. Um, uh, Mirror Iris uh, is uh, talking with uh, with Wally, and she rats out Barry's disagreement with the Speed Force during the battle uh, with Bloodwork. Uh, Wally then reacts. Uh, sorry, she does that to Wally. Uh, then she, you know, there's a, a scene where. Um, uh, Camilla is taking a picture of them using a new camera, and uh, Iris reacts really harshly uh, to her picture being taken. Um, and again, we know that this is uh, evil Iris, but we also know that evil Iris doesn't want to do anything that would be too out of character. So, you know, uh, you know, Mirror Iris comes up with an explanation for that, and, and Camilla goes along with it. Uh, but again, we, we got more of the sense of, uh, of Iris playing different. So I think you could maybe make the ar- argument that, you know, our Iris might not have had that talk with Wally in which she uh, she uh, she thinked on Barry. Uh, she certainly wouldn't have reacted that way to Camilla. Uh, Dimitri, there is uh, probably only one person who loves Candace Patton as much as me uh, out there, and that's you. Uh, how do you like how she's playing the, the subtle gradations on, uh, on Mirror Iris? We've talked in the past that sometimes she's blown up a little bit, gone a little over the top. How do you like how she's playing it when she's still trying to keep her cool, uh, play it as Iris? even when she's uh, doing things that would be out of character for Iris. I love the subtlety because we've had, uh, we've had cast members play double characters 
on this show before. We've had uh, Barry get possessed and that awkward moment where he kisses Caitlyn. We have Kira, uh, Killer Frost's entire storyline. Um, we've had uh, Ralph get uh, possessed by the Thinker. Um, Candace Patton, it, it's so weird because it's very hard to put your finger on. Iris has this very subtle, ominous touch to her that ramps up over the course of the episode. Initially, it it wasn't even there much at all. It, was, it wasn't even like evil Iris so much as just slightly, slightly more aggressive Iris. And now it's sort of ramped up to like... It, it's like giving me the creeps a little bit. And obviously by the end of this whole, we have a, we have a very ominous turn. Um, I, I love, I, I think it's very hard to get that right because too similar. And then it's just Iris and Iris, right? Nobody cares. It's like, who cares if she ever gets out of the mirror? It's basically the same thing. Too ominous. And every, I, I think this is happening anyway, but too ominous and everybody, uh, else in the cast looks stupid for not noticing that this is a very different iris so i think she's uh she's doing a good middle ground i strongly disagree with the decision that wally is the only one who notices something off with her given that wally has known her like three four years and uh and barry and joe have known her basically her whole life but be that as it may, I think she's struck a really good balance to make this storyline as believable as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really like how she's playing it, especially, you know, when she's not doing things that are way out of character, like, you know, blowing up at Joe as she did in a previous episode or or something like that. In this episode, she does a couple of things. There's the scene with Barry, uh, the scene with Camilla, and the scene we'll discuss later uh, where she's talking with uh, with Barry about the idea that, you know, maybe not having his power is a good thing and, and you know, maybe he's done enough and, you know, doesn't uh, have to save the world. Um, but I, I really do like how Candace Patton's playing it subtly. You know, it's, it's often just she's sort of, you know, in the background of a scene and there will just be like a little expression or something like that. Um, but she's playing it quite well. And, and I agree with you. It's it's a, a little unfortunate that uh, uh, that Wally was the one to spot that. I think they had an option here. I'm wondering if there's a deleted scene where Barry might have had some doubts as well. But we'll uh, discuss that when we get to it. Um, so after Wally finds out about uh, Barry's uh, problems with the Speed Force, he goes to talk with Barry. Uh, and, man, this was just a brilliantly directed scene because you become aware midway through the scene that it just is weird. It, it's, you know, um, it's shot in such a way that the, uh, you know, there, there's a filter effect so that, you know, the uh, uh, everything outside the center is slightly out of focus. The cameras are all on strange angles and stuff like that. And it's only as you get into the scene itself that you realize the reason for that is because uh, Wally has already taken Barry into the Speed Force, uh, which explained that strange shooting. So it was a very clever uh, you know, bit of, uh, of direction there. Um, uh, and then Barry goes in and talks to the Speed Force, which, of course, uh, has the form of his mother uh, lying in his childhood uh, bedroom. Uh, Speed Force says it's dying. Uh, and Jeff, what did you think about that scene? The first time that Barry goes into the Speed Force to, uh, to talk to his, uh, dying Speed Force slash dying mom. I thought it was really well done. I agree with you on, on everything in regards to how the scene started. I loved Wally's anger. Uh, I think, you know, we, we, well, we always go into just the idea that Barry Allen, you know, 
he is the leader, but at times he has his problems. And and um, the fact that Wally like called him out in a really spectacular kind of way worked for me, just because I feel like Barry on occasion makes really bad decisions. And uh, this was clearly one of them. Um, I, I, I was completely surprised that we were going to see uh, uh, Mama Allen again. Uh, so that was great. And uh, I really enjoyed what they did in regards to like showing us that the, that the Speed Force was different. Not only was she sick and it looks like she was on her deathbed but uh the the flashes of um you know the clouds around with the green was really interesting as well so uh, it, they they did a really great job setting the scene up and um once they were there there was a really ominous tone that i really enjoyed uh, Millie, uh, Jeff was mentioning, uh, you know, Wally's reaction to this. Basically, you know, after they come out of the Speed Force, uh, Wally loses all of his Zen uh, and blows up a Barry. Now, it's not without cause because, as he says, you know, he's, uh, you know, when he's been communing with the Speed Force, he's seen the future, he's seen their children, their grandchildren, you know, uh, you know, also being speedsters, sharing the Speed Force. It was this thing that existed across time, and and now it seems to be gone. But you know, we were introduced to this new relaxed uh, Zen Wally. So, uh, what did you think about uh, uh, Wally's reaction uh, when they came out of the Speed Force? Did you think uh, it was warranted? Did you think it was a little over the top? What did you think? I thought it was very warranted. Um, and I think that as kind of like Wally hits on the head where it's, it affects all the speedsters. And so for Barry to be like, I didn't think anyone was affected. It's kind of like, well, kind of confused me there. Um, and I think that it was very unzen Wally like, but at the same time, um, sometimes Barry, I think is a little hard to get through and he had to take some more extreme measures to, to get the point across. And I think that's kind of what Wally was doing. Um, I think it was something that Barry really did need to hear uh, as a speedster. Like, we talk about how much responsibility it is. Um, and sometimes he likes to play loose and fast with those rules. And so I think in this case, uh, Wally is very warranted in, in, in saying, hey, like, everyone's affected by this. You need to understand, like, we could have done something. I think what one thing I, that I really like that what he said was, like, oh, I understand that you had to do, you know, in this case, it was, he thought it was for blood work. But then for a sector, it goes, but it's what you did after. You know, like you did what you had to do. That's great. But it's your actions afterwards, I think, is really what Wally was angry about. And I think that was very justified um, because sometimes I think Barry acts without thinking about the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's a, a long-running theme in the Arrowverse shows that it's not necessarily the crime. It's the cover-up or the, uh, the failure to communicate with people that gets you into trouble. Um, so because uh, Wally has, uh, you know, stormed off in a huff, uh, Barry has to go into the Speed Force uh, by himself, and he finds out the uh, Speed Force is dying, but it isn't because of blood work. It's another crisequence. This time it's a result of using the Spectre's power to enter the Speed Force, because, yes, that did happen uh, during the Crisis crossover. Um, so I want to talk about that, the idea of introducing the, uh, the Spectre's energy uh, as being what's destroying uh, the Speed Force. Um, and also, you know, the, uh, the, this continuing relationship between Barry and the Speed Force. Um, you know, the, uh, the fact that the speed force manifests as his mother, uh, you know, uh, you know, she's dying. That's obviously hitting him in the feels, but even when we've seen it interact with him before, it's, it's taken that form. 
Um, so uh, I'll open this one up to the floor. What do you guys think about uh, this, the, the destruction of the Speed Force being the biggest crisis of all? Oh, that's a real, yeah. That's a really good question. If I'm not mistaken, something like this happened in the comics too? No? Uh, possibly. Uh, not that I recall, but I'm really more familiar with, you know, uh, uh, Silver Age Flash than I am with uh, uh, what's been happening uh, more recently. Okay. I do know that in, in the uh, the classic you know, Barry Allen version of The Flash, uh, they didn't actually introduce the concept of the Speed Force until after Barry Allen had died. It was actually Wally West who discovered the Speed Force and was able to use the Speed Force to do uh, way more. So he was actually, you know, faster and much more powerful uh, than Barry uh, because of that. Well, in this episode, we see that Wally has different powers than Barry. So clearly there is some evolution that's going on with Wally. I, I think the the death of the Speed Force being the most major crisequence was really interesting I I love the the route that they're going. Uh, I guess I I will save that because you didn't bring it up, so I, I'm assuming that will be discussed later. But as far as just the death period, uh, I thought that was really really interesting, and, and the fact that um, we saw glimpses of it throughout all these episodes, and uh, you know we, we kept on noticing like, what does that mean? Is it because Iris isn't there because Iris is is, is his lightning rod, and, and maybe that's a sort of uh, way that Barry's body is telling him that Siri is not Iris. They did not go that way. It, it is that the, that the Speed Force is dying because of uh, Barry and, and how he used the Speed Force uh, during Crisis. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of brilliant, and um, it, it, it's doing something that I think we've all sort of discussed at certain points on this podcast of, like, what would it be like if Barry didn't have his powers for, like, an episode, for, not for just an episode, for, like, a couple of episodes, for, like, a little arc, and that might be something that we're going to see sooner rather than later. Uh, Dimitri and Millie, did either of you guys have any thoughts about uh, the idea of uh, 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 death of the Speed Force being a crisis? I think it's um, I think it's the most sort of uh, uh, impactful change that uh, that you could have without sort of beating the crisis story itself to death. Um, so I am uh I am I'm intrigued by it. Um particularly when Thorne makes his threat at the uh, at the end of the episode. Barry's like, I'll I'll beat you once, I'll beat you again and Thorne's like, Well, you you about to lose your powers. Um so I think that is a very a very interesting predicament to put Barry in. I feel like it's slightly been done before, but not to this degree in some ways. So I'm uh I'm I'm intrigued to see to see where it goes. Um I do think they need to decide whether or not the the speed force is Barry's mom or not cuz sometimes the speed force will be talking really robotic like yeah I'm I'm using your mom's body to to get your attention but you know I'm I'm just you know I'm just here. 
And then sometimes it's like, no, I'm your mom and I love you and I'm so proud of you, my baby boy. And it's like, which is it? Like, um, it, it seems like the, the speed force, if the speed force is going to be personified, that that characterization is inconsistent. Um, that said, it was it was a very emotional scene, although I feel like Barry's mom is starting to die like every 12 episodes. I think maybe uh, we should let the actress do something else. I don't know. It seems rude at this point. Oh, I don't think she's going to die every 12 episodes, but I do think it's funny. Like, as I was watching, I was like, is Barry really going to see his mom die again? Like, cause he, there was one season where I feel like we were watching her die like all the damn time because we kept on going back into the past and all that type of thing. And I'm like, are they really going to kill her off again? And they did. And I was like, okay, well, I, I guess, you know, maybe it's in her contract. She has to die once per season. It's, it's worse than, it's worse than Spider-Man's uncle Ben. I'm telling you is, um, I, I'm also like, it's, is weird like if she if they're, they're pushing the you know the speed forces his mom angle so much now if he makes his own speed force is he just building himself a new mom like what what's happening i don't know it's weird man it's weird it is it, it is odd that there is this uh somewhat inconsistent characterization because it does seem the speed force is sentient um you know we've gotten hints of that before and certainly there was the sense that the speed force chose barry um, you know, and that was repeated in this episode. Um, so it, it is weird. And I'm wondering whether we'll talk more about, you know, future of the speed force going forward, uh, whether we're going to get, uh, more of a reveal of that, uh, uh, or not. But Millie, I want to ask you a question, which is that, you know, uh, obviously after coming back, seeing, you know, the speed force die as a result of his actions, uh, Barry is consumed by guilt because that's what Barry does. He's either screwing up or he's feeling the guilt of it. Um, so do you think his guilt is warranted? Uh, and do you think he felt it even more strongly because of the personification of the Speed Force uh, being there as his mom? Uh, when, you know, basically she said to him, hey, it's not your fault. You know, you made your call and, you know, it was the right call. You saved the universe. If that was, you know, if you had to lose the Speed Force in order to do it, at least you have a universe. So what do you think about Barry's guilt? I think his guilt is starting to get a little guilty. I, I when we always joke about how, like, Barry in the Flash is supposed to be the more lighthearted um, show and that we, we leave the brooding and the guilt to other superheroes. Um, and I kind of really felt that in this episode um, because I do think that his guilt isn't really warranted because he was, you know, it was the death of the multiverse, right? It's not like, you know, he was trying to save one person and trying to save everybody. Um, and I think that by having his mom be the speed force does add to that guilt in a way that I don't think is necessarily uh, needed for that. And I think maybe that's why it hits him so hard. But um, in this case, I mean, Barry does do a lot of silly things, but this one, I do agree. Like he shouldn't feel guilty again. Shouldn't feel guilty about saving the universe um, because everyone had been dead. It's more feel guilty about how you reacted to it. But I don't think that's where his guilt's coming from. I think his guilt is still like, Oh, I did this, not, this is what I did afterwards. Like he didn't check on the speed force, didn't check on the other speedsters. I think that's more where his guilt should be placed. So in a way, maybe it's just more misplaced guilt. Um, but it just, it felt very down, especially when he was in the secret room. I was like, man, this is giving me a lot of the, like the guilt blues. Yeah, I think it was a, a clever fake out on the writer's part because, you know, we went into it thinking that, you know, the speed force was dying because of the blood work. 
uh, thing. And there, you know, Barry would have had, you know, there would be every reason for Barry to feel guilty about that uh, because it was a selfish decision on his part. Um, but it turns out that it was the crisis. And, you know, as I said, you saved the universe, dude. If you have to lose the Speed Force in order to do that, you know, you made the call. And, you know, the Speed Force understands he did what he had to do. And even Wally comes back uh, and says, that, hey, I would have made the same call. Uh, but Wally doesn't come back until after he has, you know, a little sit down with Joe because you can't have an episode of Flash without uh, Papa Joe uh, dispensing some homespun wisdom. Uh, Wally realizes he's not being very zen after he blew up a berry. Um, and uh, so he uh, is talked down by Joe, uh, who basically, you know, makes the argument, look how much you've changed over time. And it's not because of your powers. It's because you've put in the time, which is, again, kind of an interesting. There's that you know, element that's uh, going on in the background. Uh, we're going to talk about Cisco uh, and the reveal about him in a minute. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is that sense that, you know, to what extent are you a hero because of your powers? Uh, you know, can you be complete without them once you have them? Because, you know, Barry is going to be dealing with that consequence. Um, uh, you know, uh, Wally is dealing with that. Uh, and uh, and Joe is sort of making the point that, hey, you are who you are, regardless of your powers. And, you know, everything you've accomplished has been because you put the work in, not because, you know, uh, you got zapped by the particle accelerator. So, Jeff, what did you think about uh, uh, the, the Wally and Joe scene, the first one in his office? I liked it just because, you know, Papa Joe always gives the great advice. Although... I do feel like Wally was justified in his anger. So there was a part of me that didn't necessarily like that Joe, in essence, made Wally apologize to Barry. I I wish that Joe would have given him advice just a tad differently. Like, you know, you are fully right to be angry, but maybe you shouldn't have lashed out in that kind of way. You know, communication is important, and maybe that wasn't necessarily the best way to communicate. I think that would have been a bit better than, you know, you got to understand Barry's feelings instead of the other. Because I, I think Wally was right in his anger, like 100%. And and uh, it's a character trait that Barry has, where Barry feels like only he can do it alone, even though he has a team. And in essence, it, it really is his team that takes down the big bad every year. It isn't usually Barry that does. So, uh, so that just really bugged me about that scene. Uh, I mentioned we are going to talk about Cisco. Uh, he refused that uh, request for help from Nash. Uh, then he has a, a little confrontation with Caitlin. And it turns out he's disappointed because his his walkabout, uh, his eat, pray, love trip, uh, didn't give him any epiphanies. He was hoping to come back a changed person. Um, and, you know, anyone who's come back from, you know, a vacation or a trip can sort of sympathize with this. But what I wonder, and I want to direct this to Dimitri, who's someone uh, who I know shares my feelings uh, on this. Uh, do you think this is maybe deeper and maybe this is uh, another indication of Cisco missing being vibe uh, and feeling that, you know, he made a mistake? I'm not sure. It's, it's so that decision hasn't usually been addressed and also we haven't seen a whole lot of a lot of cisco since crisis since he sort of had a taste of getting his powers back honestly that decision felt so shoehorned in um and so like sort of based on plot rather than character that it is really hard to sort of see where they're trying to angle cisco going this season it because it was so uncharacteristic I have to feel like 
there there's some sort of consequence to that that will be wrestled with this season. But so far, I honestly don't don't feel we have enough information either way. I mean, Cisco's been sort of absent for a little while, so um, it's uh, I I think we need like another episode or two with him to see if if he's just sort of overcompensating for time away or if it's sort of related to his powers. I think it's just too little information right now. Uh, Caitlin, once again, uh, is called upon to be the uh, the team counselor. It's almost like she's feeling maternal or something like that. Uh, oh. So uh, she uh, talks to uh, to Cisco and persuades him to uh, uh, go and apologize to Nash, uh, which he does, only to realize it's actually Thawne who tries and fails to kill him with the usual vibrating hand, which is a, a callback to uh, you know a long-standing uh, flash trope. Uh, very tense scene, which was kind of played for laughs when his hand doesn't vibrate and he just basically you know, pokes Cisco hard in the chest. Um, but that leads to, you know, a fight scene. Uh, Cecile shows up to, uh, to tase him. Uh, so, um, uh, Millie, what did you think about that scene where uh, uh, Cisco realizes it's Thawne, uh, Thawne tries to kill him, uh, and the fight breaks out? I enjoyed it. I feel like we don't really get to see, ever since he gave up his powers, we don't get to see Cisco in action. So it's nice to see, even though it's like a, a I got to say my life kind of fight, I to see that. Um, and yeah, I was definitely, I wasn't expecting the whole I'm Thawne, so, um, that was an interesting twist that they pulled over me on that one. Um, and I, it was a little, it was a nice little action because we hadn't had much in the episode besides the helicopter scene. Uh, and it's something we've talked about before, and I don't know if it's on this show or, or on which show, but, you know, it's sometimes kind of nice to see a poorly choreographed fight. Uh, you know, there's absolutely no reason why Cisco or Thawne would be great fighters. You know, Thawne is used to beating everyone with his speed and his, you know, vibrating hand. Uh, and Cisco is, you know, a nerdy guy with funny T-shirts. So obviously their fight is not going to be a, uh, a James Banford directed and choreographed fight scene. So I thought it had that, you know, that very real feeling of, of people who are not good fighters, uh, you know, uh, fighting it out. Uh, and then I thought the, uh, the seal reveal at the end was kind of nice, too. Um, so Flash and Kid Flash uh, team up to take on Turtle 2, uh, who has uh, gone to Central D and is holding Joe hostage. Uh, so uh, that leads to uh, what I thought was like a really – I liked the uh, opening scene uh, with, uh, with Wally disassembling the helicopter. I really, really liked this scene, uh, which is showing uh, Turtle 2's powers in action. Uh, uh, and showing, uh, you know, Wally and uh, and Barry using their speed to stop her. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the scene, just how it looked, how it played out, and uh, the uh, the reveal that uh, uh, Barry slipped the uh, uh, the weapon into Joe's pocket so that uh, he could distract uh, Turtle Two uh, and Joe could do the takedown. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. What did you think about that scene? Visually, it was interesting. I was very confused why nobody was getting hit by those Mucinex balls. Like, yeah, she was firing out a lot of Mucinex balls. She and was didn't see that many. It was screen. like she was pollinating the world with it, and I was like, "No one's getting hit by this stuff," because there was a lot of people there. Like she did freeze, kind of like how Zach Morris used to do, and it was like packed with people. And I was like, 
no one's getting hit by this. Like, people are catching corona faster than she's, in, you know, mucinexing people. And I, I, that that sort of took me out of it. Although, visually, it was kind of cool. But then when she did, when she, like, went, like, super... I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Super Saiyan or whatever. Is that how you pronounce it? For the anime people out there, I don't know. But like she Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan. Yeah. She like, like Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, she like went yeah. crazy with it. And I'm like, no one's getting hit, but then freaking Wally gets it. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I guess. But it was a, a neat visual. I will say that. It, it was a neat visual, even though it like the logistics and the reality behind it, I was like, I think she would have hit everybody, in essence. But she didn't. It was just Wally. Uh, Millie and Dimitri, any thought on the uh, fight scene? Definitely seemed uh, more more in the, like, kitty tone than her introduction, which... I mean, I'm fine with because at this point there's so much else going on, but it was it was a little bit of a departure from her introduction. I felt. Uh, so after the fight scene, uh, Fake Iris uh, has a sit down with Barry uh, and makes the argument that uh, you know Barry's done enough. Maybe losing his speed is the right thing. Uh, you know, maybe you know, and she sort of makes the argument that you know because the Speed Force chose him and you know all that he's had to undergo, all the suffering he's had to go through because of that. You know, sort of making the argument that, hey, haven't you done enough? Uh, can't you just step back and, and let someone else save the world? Um, what do you think about the argument? And do you think, Millie, that this is maybe where Barry is starting to suspect this isn't the real Iris? Because that didn't seem like the sort of thing real Iris would say. It, this doesn't, like, throw off the warning bells for Barry. He definitely does not deserve Husband of the Year award. It is not. It's very un-Iris-like, and I feel like this... I think the one thing about this conversation or this argument, I felt like we dealt with this, um, the whole, like, you know, it, it chose me, I didn't choose it. I thought we dealt with that at the beginning of the season. Um, and then that's when Barry threw his own pity party and goes, he didn't ask for this. So it was interesting that it's coming back up. And maybe that is kind of to show um, it's something that he's still struggling with. Uh, but I thought it was always strange for it to come to Iris because I feel like she had always supported Barry and what he was doing um, as the Flash, and in that, and but it does bring up good points where it's like maybe it is, it is the the con like the thing that we see dealt on other shows is like at what point do you give up being a superhero to have this like quote unquote normal life? So I think that, and I wonder if they're gonna take that if when Real Iris comes back and that's something that they want to talk about because um, obviously we know Nora needs to reappear in the near future too. So that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, sorry, Dimitri, that she just said Nora's going to reappear, so... I'm sorry. I can hear teeth grinding uh, from New York. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping that that would be where we would get, like, just even a little reaction shot, and I don't know that we got it in the scene where Barry, you know, I think there was a little bit where Barry was looking at her with a little bit of surprise that she would make that argument, but it didn't feel like it was the surprise, you know, with the dawning of, hey, that doesn't seem right, and uh, and if it was, you know, they they, they didn't revisit that because uh, so it felt to me like a missed opportunity to, you know, uh, as Millie said, uh, give Barry some husband of the year uh, points. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of evidence that uh, Iris is behaving differently and uh, and Barry's just not picking up on it. Um, so uh, Thawne has been captured. He's down in the uh, in the pipeline and he goes classic comic book bad guy. 
first I'm going to kill you. Then I'm going to kill your family. Then I'm going to kill your friends. Then I'm going to kill the host of all your favorite podcasts. Uh, what then I'm going to kill next? your Uber driver. <laughs> Although, really, shouldn't you kill the, uh, the friends first, then the family, then the hero last, so he has to watch them all dying? But anyway, uh, I'm not here to... I don't want to villain-splain this to anyone. Uh, Jeff, what do you think is next for Thawne? Oh, gosh. Oh, and gosh. Wh- mm-hmm. what, and uh, an extension of that, what is next with Nash? Okay, so can I go into what Cisco discovered? Because Knock it's, yourself it, out. Okay, because it is related. So this is a discussion that we've had on, I feel like, every single Arrowverse podcast after Crisis. It's like, you know, they all have to be connected. We had Batwoman, and and they showed us that apparently two characters from different worlds cannot be on the same, different uh, Earths, I should say, cannot be on the same Earth post-crisis because they'll start getting headaches and, you know, one of them has to die and, and the other one, for the other one to live in essence supergirl kind of didn't do that um so i do have a teeny tiny bit of a problem with that they might be able to explain when because one was from the future and one is in the present and and i don't know maybe i can kind of forgive that but they showed us the alien bar and two owls and we haven't heard that one of the owls died because they couldn't handle being on this earth so i i I do have a problem with how Supergirl has done it, and maybe they just weren't filled in in, in the loop. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just said they did. Ugh, maybe for storyline purposes, it's, they just decided to do their own thing. But we finally got confirmation, at least here on the Flash, that at least from here on, for, here on out, for the foreseeable future, two characters, uh, you know, doppelgangers, cannot exist on this Earth Prime. And it looks like it looks like the wells are trying to break free or break through and and they they that's maybe kind of what Nash was seeing the past couple of episodes. My problem with Fawn being this is gonna sound weird being inside of Nash is the fact that he's not a wells he's not a wells. He's Eobard Fawn. So why is he manifesting inside of Nash Wells? And I know that we all have the idea, you know, because of season one, that Wells, you know, is the reverse Flash. But Wells was never the reverse Flash. Fawn made himself look like Wells to fool Barry and Star Labs, so yada yada yada, we don't have to, you know, redo all of season one. So that's something that really bugs me about this storyline, because Thawn is his own sort of creation, and I don't understand why he's, in essence, possessing Nash Wells. And it looks like because of this, because of the the new information that Cisco brought us, one wells will be you know the end product and i would honestly rather it be harry so i i, I like it, and it looks like they're we're going to end up with eobard thon as harrison wells as the reverse flash at the end of all of this which i don't understand how they're going to keep tom cavanaugh 
on the show as a series regular, unless he will be departing as a series regular, and they'll just bring him in to play Eobard as Wells, because the whole concept is that there's a Wells on the show every season. And in my heart, my hope was that we would end up with Harry at the end of all of this, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Anyone else have any Thorn thoughts? I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think the writers realized that season one Wells was probably the most impactful. And, and even though he was really Thorn, he was most impactful as Tom Cavanaugh. That was the Wells that we got to know. That was the Wells that we got slowly became suspicious of. That was the Wells that we were constantly trying to figure out. So, you know, I mean, we don't even see Wells in his true form until very late in the uh, in the season. Um, so Tom Kavanaugh is too many of us, you know, thorn. And I think he just has that ominous presence for us from day one. So I think that's why they're using Tom Kavanaugh. Uh, I don't know how they're going to explain it plot-wise, but I-, I think it is the right decision. I think Thawne, in his actual form, just doesn't have the same gravitas because we didn't see him from day one as this mentor figure. Wait, but he's a bad guy. What's going on? What's his motivation? Like, There's something about that person that you spent all of season one trying to figure out that that's just special. Well, I will give props to the actor that actually plays Eobarthon. We saw him on Legends. I feel like he can be menacing and evil by himself. Uh, I still, I do need an explanation as to why Thon is manifesting inside of a Wells, since he is not a Wells. Valid point. Um, uh, Barry decides to take a cue from Thon and build his own artificial speed force. Uh, now we know, you know, uh, Barry's not going to lose his powers forever. Uh, because the show is called The Flash, not The Average Walking Speed Guy. Uh, interesting, though, that show would be. So do you think the artificial speed force will work? Uh, will the original speed force somehow be recreated? Um, and, you know, it looks like, so it's not that, you know, Barry has lost his powers in this episode, because we've already dealt with the consequences of losing it. What I think is kind of interesting is that Barry's now going to have to ration his use of the powers, uh, as we saw him and Kid Flash doing in this episode. Uh, so, Millie, what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think we'll be seeing uh, for the foreseeable future and how this idea of rationing the speed force might affect the show? I'm, I was wondering that in the sense of how large is this, like, bank they have to ration? Because I can also see Barry forgetting and then, like, just running in circles and using up all the rations real quick. Um, <laughs> but so it'll be interesting to see but we kind of talked about how in the past couple of podcasts, like, he hasn't really been using his speed anyways. Um, and we've been kind of focusing on the story, or the Iris storyline. Um, so I can see maybe he is trying to, like, take a step back from using his speed um, on that. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually do ration it. Or, you know, maybe Cisco and Caitlin put their heads together real quick and they'll find an um, alternative way to create their own speed force in, like, two episodes so that he doesn't have to ration for long. I can see that happening as well. Um, I also, I don't know if anyone else did, but I feel like the concept of, like, creating your own speed force just seems like a really bad idea, and, like, all my alarm bells went off when he set forth that, like, mission for Caitlin and Cisco. So that'll be interesting to see if that, like, backfires. Oh, name me one time one of Barry's ideas has ended badly. See, you can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Nora. Uh, Jeff and Dimitri, what do you think? Uh, will we get the original Speed Force back? Will it be artificial Speed Force? Uh, is uh, is Barry going to be a Velocity 9 junkie? Uh, obviously, he's got to have you know speed for the show to, to last. What do you think we're going to get out of this? I feel like it's whatever like um, Speed Force he creates is going to essentially wind up being sort of a revival of the the quote-unquote speed force um because i i I think with that emotional scene it just otherwise it feels like oh barry like let his mom die or whatever so i um i do think it's gonna be sort of like sort of some sort of revival of the speed force i am really glad that caitlin and cisco are back to doing it i really don't want to see like Killer Frost trying to do it by herself or something like I I do think um, for something that major that Barry's going to be that dependent on it's good for him to have like his day one team running tech. Although so, having said that, I would like to see uh, Chester get involved as well because I, I did enjoy Chester. Yes. Uh, I I enjoy Chester too. I, I have speculations. I I'll wait for the opportune moment to mention those. Oh, God. Okay. Well, can uh, I just say... I... You, you could mention now, because we're going to get to our closing reveal, which explained uh, why Iris wanted the photo deleted, uh, and what she's willing to do as she blasts Camilla with the mirror gun. Uh, hopefully just into the mirror dimension. Can we assume that? Or is the lovely Camilla now dead? Just the latest in a, a long series of baristas, uh, or former baristas, uh, to die horribly in the show. Uh, so I'll open this one up to the floor. Uh, I'll start with uh, Millie, and then we can just go around the horn. What do you think happened to Camilla, and what happens next? Uh, oh, go ahead, Millie. <laughs> um, I can see that Camilla probably getting, like, zapped into the mirror, uh, the mirror dimension with Iris and Eva. That's kind of what I thought when she poofed away. Hopefully she's not dead, but I thought more she got turned into the mirror as well. Dimitri, clearly you are champing at the bit. Oh, uh, someone on Twitter mentioned that, uh, um, was it, uh, Camilla has to live because otherwise Cisco's going to lose two girlfriends this season. Um, and, and I, I would agree. I think Camilla hasn't been around long enough to die. It would be a, it would be a, a, a serious, uh, misstep to kill off a character who's been introduced so so recently it would be seriously problematic in my opinion it's not like she's dating killer frost exactly yeah i mean that's the kiss of death but i mean at that point it's on you <laughs> her tinder profile everyone i've ever dated has died horribly uh jeff what do you think uh happened to camilla and uh, what happens next i think she's in the mirror universe uh i did not really like the mirror vfx when she was shot i thought that was kind of cheesy um and and yes this was an episode where you know the woman was shooting mucus balls into the air but that one bugged me it just it looked horrible um so was like the effect on in the photo i I thought that was uh, i mean i don't know couldn't they just made her look like a mirror like as opposed to just i don't know it was weird uh she's gonna be alive she's gonna be in the mirror with iris Will there be a mirror? What would Camilla, uh, um, a limac? Because <laughs> it's Siri. So is that Camilla spelled backwards? A limac? 
will there be will she be there i guess um that's gonna be interesting um if not then people are going to start to notice that Camilla's not around, unless Siri's going to be like, I sent Camilla on a top secret mission in Coast City, and uh, which I guess maybe they'll believe that for a moment. Um, yeah. Uh, wait, are we, are we like wrapping up so that I can do my I was right? Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Because uh, I wanted to weigh in, if I might be allowed. You may. Uh, I think the problem with the idea that if, if Camilla was blasted by fake Iris into the mirror dimension, uh, where she's going to meet with Iris, the first thing she's going to do is say, hey, whoever's out there is, that's a fake out there. And, you know, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't that, you know, I, I mean, Iris already knows that, obviously, that there's this fake out there. But it just feels to me like with Camilla showing up there, it would start to put Eva's story under stress. So if we assume that fake Iris did it because she's being controlled by Eva, it seems like a, a bad thing to throw Camilla in there as well. Uh, I just think it's going to make it much more likely that uh, Eva's plan is exposed. Although, again, it does sort of set up the idea that, you know, Eva doesn't want to kill if uh, if she does get blasted in there. Um, but I don't think we're going to see a mirror Camilla simply because, you know, it does seem to be taking all of Eva's concentration to be keeping fake Iris going. I, I know she was, she was glitching already. Multiple people, then that would be a problem. That is true. She was glitching like Penelope. But here's the thing. Uh, okay, so this is episode 14, right? Uh, yes. Okay, episode, if I'm not mistaken, 17 is called Liberation. And uh, I feel like that might be the episode in which Iris is liberated from the mirror. Uh, so if Camilla does get in there, it, that does give them a couple episodes where they can, Iris can, now has, you know, someone that was on the outside that can give her a little bit more information. And within those two episodes, they can kind of figure out potentially how to get out of the mirror. Cause we don't really see that much of the mirror universe anyway, it seems. And, and ne the next episode seems very, uh, Wells oriented based off of the title and the promo. So in those two episodes, they could kind of figure out something to free both Iris and Camilla if if they do end up just blasting her into the mirror and, and she is there in the same sort of realm with uh, Eva and um, and uh, and Iris. Uh, okay, before we move on to the MVP, was there anything else? Some gloating, perhaps? Yes. Oh. Well, I want to gloat. You can go your. You can then. You I can believe do your, you have a gloat, and Dimitri has a bold prediction. A theory, yes. Uh, okay, so yes, so I was right. I hate that I was right, just because I I hate when shows use sort of like the guest character to be like something isn't right with this series regular, and that's what they did. So I hate that I was right, but I love that I was right, and I'm disappointed that my prediction. Because I thought he was going to say it to... Well, I guess I said it was either going to be Barry or Joe. I'm I'm mad that he didn't say it to Barry. Um, but he said it to Joe, so it's, it's, it still counts, because that was part of the prediction. But I still... I, I was really disappointed, because I'm like, none of these people can sort of put two and two together. Like, why is two plus two adding to five for them? And uh, Wally is there, and two plus two equaled four. Like, it just... That annoys me, but I'm glad I was right. 
Oh, and I hate and that Wally too. was just here for one episode. I just wanted to get that in really quick. The showrunner at the start of the season said that Wally would be here for an arc for multiple episodes, and we're only getting him for one, and this was the only one. Um, I don't know if it was Keenan Lonsdale availability, uh, or maybe it's just how they were, you know, they ended up, um, you know, breaking the season, and they figured out that they don't necess- they didn't necessarily need Wally for many episodes, but I- I'm just disappointed that his arc turned into just one episode uh my heart skipped for a second there i was like wait he's gonna be around longer no they lied to us uh i'm i'm very hurt um that that said i i have a prediction i hope i really hope i'm wrong about this but we've discussed this possibility before and i noticed that they were not on screen at the same time is chester possibly replacement cisco well that's yeah ever since uh, was introduced, there's been that. that speculation yeah uh back when we thought that carlos valdez was leaving the show uh and that they were uh casting uh chester p runk uh you know there was the idea that he he could be uh the cisco replacement uh that was back when we thought that carlos uh was leaving the show uh now it seems you know he's still around so there's no need to replace him but it does seem like you know uh, everything they've done with Chester has been to establish that he's, you know, sort of a mechanical genius uh, on the level of uh, of Cisco, if a bit more, uh, you know, uh, uh, unconventional. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love Chester, but I really also love Cisco. I don't I don't want to choose. Um, but yeah, I did see uh, the notice that uh, Chester had been up to series regular. Uh, for next season, and I was like, mm-hmm. "So did Allegra." Allegra is also a series regular for next season. And Chester, correct, both of them were bumped. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Allegra's not not going to replace anybody. I think she's very clearly like Iris's teammate. Uh, Maybe she's going to replace Iris. Maybe uh, no. There you uh, go. Barry's going to realize that you uh, watch yeah, your mouth. Was- <laughs> Don't make but me come over there. We do have something. I mean, we've been sort of joking about it throughout this entire episode, but Danielle Panabaker is going to have to give birth at some point. And I don't know like I don't think they've announced if if she's cuz when do they finish recording these shows, isn't it? Like around this time, maybe or in April. It's usually around now. I know yeah. um Riverdale is still shooting because they Correct. suspended because of the, uh, the virus. I don't, mm-hmm. and, and I haven't heard about the uh, uh, the Arrowverse shows uh, wrapping their seasons. But it's soon-ish. We're in March. Well, soon, I think it's usually into April. Yeah, if not May. No, I don't. No, they don't record in May. It might be somewhere in April where they end the season. So we're getting there, and if she's already showing. I, I don't know. Like, is she going to make it to the end of the season? Uh, if if she does make it to the end of the season, then they'll figure out a way to write her out at the start of the season. Um, if if she does need some time off and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm curious to see, like, are we going to slowly start to see some sort of storyline where she's going to have to potentially leave Central City for a brief amount of time, whether it's maybe with her mom or something? They'll... That's what I'm really intrigued by, because clearly, I mean, they've added so many new monitors in Star Labs that, you know, they're, like, filming her from the neck up now. And, uh, I mean, 
something's got to give at a certain point, you know what I'm saying? And and, and I'm, I'm going to assume that she's not going to want to be filming, you know, once she's getting close to her due date as well. Uh, Hello, okay, before uh, we move uh, on to the Supergirl MVP, is pregnant. Is anything else anyone wanted to mention? Okay, it's time for the MVP. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Uh, Millie, you've been suspiciously silent. Uh, who is your MVP and why? I have to give my MVP to Wally. It's always good to have him back, and uh, I think he gave some good, hard truth that Barry needed to hear. Um, you know, delivery could have been questionable, but I like what he brought to the episode, and his opening sequence was a great way to kick off um, the episode, so it was nice to see him back in action. Dimitri, who is your MVP and why? I disagree with you all that um, Wally was justified in going off on Barry. I thought that lended more absurdity to his whole Zen persona because it completely fell away. And also, like, even if you had all the cards on the table, what would you have done? He flat out says later on, you know, I would have done the same thing. So, like, I I failed to see the, the rationale behind going off on Barry like that, even though Barry is a very, a very frustrating individual. Um, so I think Papa Joe sort of, sort of like makes it all make sense and like sort of talks him down and like is sort of giving input on uh, on Barry and and stuff like that. I I do think it's kind of a kludgy plot. I think it's another instance of you know, uh, character quote unquote development for plot's sake rather than true to their arc so um i do think papa joe is like he manages to sort of make it sort of make sense in a way that's still true to his character so i appreciated that and of course it's always good to see papa joe it's always good to see papa joe being a papa so joe west for me also joe got to take down the meta of the week and give a dad joke about you'll be serving our kind of time (laughs) anyway Uh Jeff, who is your MVP and why? Wally was my MVP. Since I'm going third, I'm going to give it to Cecile for the taser. <laughs> a small but vital role. Um, I am going to choose... Uh, let's see. Most of my picks have been taken. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give it to Tom Cavanaugh just for that uh, final scene uh, where, uh, you know, uh, Thawne goes all comic book villain. Um, you know, I thought it was, you know, just really, really good. And, you know, Tom Cavanaugh is such a likable guy, usually, uh, that, uh, you know, it, it's nice to see him cutting loose with the evil Thawne. And the fact that Thawne is there, uh, you know, we're going to be getting more of that. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, what happens with that going forward. Uh, okay, it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. And if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. In reverse order, Jeff, what is your rating? I'm going to give it... Oh, gosh, I'm so torn. Um, okay, let me talk it out first. So, Wally was fantastic. The villain of the week was very meh. Uh, and I will also say... I didn't really enjoy Cisco as much in this episode, and I think it's because I don't like mopey Cisco. And this whole fight that he has had internally about 
powers or no powers, like, what am I useful for now, and should I have done this? Like, I hate this, and and I I just, I did not like the storyline when it started last season, and I still don't like it now. Uh, Like, he went on a global uh, tour, and and, um, he, he came back, and he's just himself, and I'm like, what do you expect? So that part of the episode I didn't like. Um, the Speed Force stuff was really interesting. Uh, Thawne returning is intriguing, although I need more of an explanation. Uh, so, I'm going to give it... I can't believe I'm pulling a Millie Wood. I'm going to give it an 825 because I feel like an 8 is a little too low, and an 8.5 is too high. And all of that really is for Wally West, because it was such a joy to see Keenan Lonsdale back in the role. And um, his character has been missed, and um, I thought they utilized him really well in uh, this one episode that we're getting uh, from him this season. Dimitri, what is your rating? I'm going to give this a I'm going to give this an 8, largely, I think, based on the potential. I think, oh, and the start. I think it started really well. We had a genuinely ominous meta of the week. Wally had a really great introduction before he started talking. Um, and then we had a very ominous ending. We had a, we had a good ending. Uh, you know, finally somebody points out that Iris is not herself. Uh, Mirror Iris, you know, uh, shoots Camilla, which, you know, finally she seems like a, like a ominous presence. Initially, we weren't sure, like, was she like a copy, a clone, you know, like an unknowing clone sort of deal. Um, so I think we finally got some answers there. And I think having Thawne there and having Barry about to lose his powers sets up a, a genuinely ominous, uh, outlook for the rest of the season so i i didn't think this episode was particularly riveting but i do think it's setting us up for like i'm genuinely excited to see how the how the next episode plays out and what's what's gonna happen there so uh so i'd say it's it's definitely a setup episode but it was a good setup episode uh millie what is your rating I have to give it an 8.1. The extra bump is for Wally. Um, so he deserves just a point one. Mm-hmm. He deserves just a point one. Well, I had a much Nobody lower score. So nope, did somebody lot. tell Keenan. Let's tweet him. <laughs> Keenan was uh, worth exactly pie. Yes, we can quantify that. But I think it was, you know, a decent episode. Um I Turtle Two, terrible name, also a boring villain, and this whole Iris in the mirror starting to get a little silly. So I think that's where a lot of my annoyance is coming from there. So an eight point one, uh, and I will give it an eight point five. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was uh, good. I don't know that it's it's you know something that I'm you know dying to rewatch again. Uh, but as Dimitri said, you know uh, when we see how some of the uh, the uh, the things that were laid out in this episode play out. Uh, going forward, uh, we may look back and, and uh, think of this as, as a more significant episode than it seemed at the time. So join us next time for a brand new installment of The Central City Citizen. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Central City Citizen. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media.
We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-host, please wish the listeners a good night, starting with Millie. Good night, Central City. If you want to follow along with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. Dimitri? Good night, Central City. You can follow me at at Brown Bald Beauty. And Jeff? Good night, Central City. Wally, you will be missed. And uh, listeners, wash your hands, please. Thanks for tuning in. Download new podcasts of the Central City Citizen every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. And before I say goodnight, just a little public health notice. Remember, one thing you can do to avoid the, uh, the danger of the coronavirus is listening to podcasts. Perfectly safe. Good night. <laughs>